You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. Well, hello. <laughs> How's everyone doing today? I am, I'm okay. I'm not too tired. I slept pretty good. Didn't wake up early or anything. So I have the honor of wrapping up this series of uh, 50 Shades. Was it 50 Shades or Five Shades? Five Shades. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. If we still had people after 50 weeks of of that, they love the Lord. Cool. So we're going to dive into it. I decided to title this the truth about homosexuality, um, because there's, there's a lot of truth about it that people might not know or they do know. So I did a little research, because research is smart to do, and uh, I found out what the Bible says is there are only six passages that directly reference homosexuality. Six. Three in the Old Testament and three in the New Testament. There are 23,145 verses in the Old Testament. So three out of 23,145 verses does it directly reference homosexuality. And in the New Testament, there's 7,957. So only three out of that as well. It may seem like a small number, but believe it or not, communion is actually mentioned less than homosexuality. It's only mentioned five times. It's, uh, I know there's twice in Matthew, there's one in John, and I can't remember the other ones. I should have written it down. First Corinthians, yeah, the other two are in First Corinthians, that's correct. Um, so that might not seem like it's significant enough, but think about it. Communion is practiced at least once a year over several, several religions, and even people that don't go to church all the time, the ones that just go on Easter for communion, think about all those people that are following those five scriptures. So, I mean, homosexuality directly references it six times. So how early was it mentioned? Does anybody know? I know you read my notes. <laughs> but yes, no, I was talking to Todd. Yeah, but yes, you are correct. If I had, if this was youth, I'd throw you candy, but we're not in youth today. <laughs> yeah, we'll bring it back. So homosexuality was first mentioned in Genesis 19. And I'm going to read it. I brought my handy dandy Bible here. The paperback throwback. Give me a second. 19.4 if you want to jump on there with me. All right, Genesis 19.4. But before they retired for the night, all the men of Sodom, young and old, came from all over the city and surrounded the house. They shouted to Lot, where are the men who came to spend the night with you? Bring them out to us so we can have sex with them. So Lot stepped outside to talk to them, shutting the door behind him. Please, my brothers, he begged, don't do such a wicked thing. Look, I have two virgin daughters. Let me bring them out to you, and you can do with them as you wish. But please leave these men alone, for they are my guests and you and, and are under my protection. Stand back, they shouted. This fellow came to town as an outsider, and now he's acting like our judge. We'll treat you far worse than those, than those other men. They lunged towards Lot to break down the door. Lot offered his daughters to these men. He's two virgin daughters to these men. And they still said no because they wanted to have sex with the other men, which were angels at the time, even more. 
So that's the first time it is actually referenced in the Bible. It's that early. So it's not like it's something that wasn't, that wasn't unknown. It's, it's, it's through time. It's in here. And then it's again mentioned twice in Leviticus, and it's called an abomination. We know that's not a good thing. And then if we turn to Romans 1, 26 and 27, it reads, that is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against their natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men. And as a result of this, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. And then we go to 1 Corinthians 6, 11. And it just gives a list of, of all those who won't inherit the kingdom of heaven. And in there is listed homosexuality. And then 1 Timothy 1.10 reads, The law is for the people who are sexually immoral and who practice homosexuality or are slave traders, liars, promise breakers, and who do anything else that contradicts the wholesome teaching. So as you can see, God does not like homosexuality. It's an abomination. They will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Not a single time does the Bible support homosexuality. You never hear about two women running off and, you know, storming the gates of whatever kingdom and winning. You never hear about two men storming the gates and winning. It's always a male and female to start some dynasty that he had created. And I feel a lot of times whenever we, we come across people that are homosexual, these are the verses we like to throw in their faces and be like, well, this is what God says and this is bad and this is bad. But we can't do that. Yes, we got to let them know that, hey, it's bad, and we can't, we can't support it at all. We can't be, like what they, I guess what they call with drug dealer, you can't be an enabler. You can't support their relationship whatsoever. You can still love them, but you cannot support that relationship. In the very beginning, in chapter one of Genesis, God tells us exactly what we need to do. Chapter one, Gen uh, Chapter 1, verse 28 says, Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sky, the birds in the sky, and all, sorry, the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along on the ground. From chapter 1, God told us to multiply. I'm pretty sure you all know how that goes. It's when a man and a woman dearly love each other. You, I think you have the record right now, so you should know. <laughs> You should know. <laughs> you should know how they're made. If anybody wants to know how to bear, you know how to be fruitful and multiply, the barms are great examples. You really follow Genesis one. I'm, God is proud of you. <laughs> More power to you. Yes, you do love God's word. So the next, the next topic I want to touch on, I feel is very, very evident now. It's it's false identity. People that are latching onto this, this homosexual lifestyle. And I feel that it happens a lot with mainly the youth. They struggle so hard to fit in with some group in high school. They struggle so hard to just have friends that they easily just lean towards the LGBT uh, community. And the reason being is because for those that don't know LGBT, they have a pride parade that happens every year and they basically they're, bringing, they're waving the rainbow flag, they're being very prideful of who they are, they're a very accepting community. And that's why it's so easy for teenagers nowadays to be like, well, I'm just gonna join this group because they accept me and I'll just go ahead and, and identify as homosexual, I'll go ahead and identify as gay or as lesbian or as, or as uh, bisexual or anything like that. But it's just a lie. We know what God says about us. 
And we can't, and we can't just listen to those lies of the enemy because it's, if you keep listening to those lines of the enemy, eventually you're going to believe it and you're going to actually begin to live in that lifestyle. Romans 6.14 says, Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. The freedom of God's grace. I just love that. It just says freedom. It's not that we're just under God's grace, but we also still have the freedom in that. And I just love that so much. I've been reading a book by Landon Shaw. I picked it up a couple years ago at youth camp at CFNI. And I've been reading this book called Gay Awareness. And there's this uh, a quote in here. It says, you are not your temptation. Don't identify with that which you are currently tempted. And that not only goes for my topic today, but that goes for anything. If you're struggling with anything now, if you're, if you're still struggling with pornography like Justin was speaking on last week, or if you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, that is not who you are. Don't let society, don't let your friends or family or anybody that's negative tell you who you are. You are a child of God. He chose you for your mother's womb, so there's no need, like it says in Romans, there's no need, no need for you to let sin be your master. Because Jesus rose from the grave and he conquered that for us already. And Luke 9, 20, I have a lot of verses, sorry. I shouldn't apologize for that, but Luke 9, 23 and 24 says, Then he said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And I just want to emphasize that verse 24. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. You got to literally wake up and pick up your cross and die to yourself. Say no to your desires and say yes to Jesus. Just see how much your day changes. It's the first thing you wake up, be like, God, I'm going to say yes to you today. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to smoke. I'm not going to talk to that girl. I'm not going to talk to that boy. I'm not going to cuss the manager out in my head or anything like that. But I choose you today. Like we were saying, I, I need you now. I need you to meet me here again because I'm not enough. But you have to die to yourself in order to follow Jesus. You can't, you can't do both. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. You will be saving your life. Galatians 2.20 says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. For me. For you. And you, and you, and you. Uh, just trying to lighten the mood, sorry. Um, <laughs> thanks. Um, but God died for you. He died so you won't have to live in this sins. So you won't have to latch onto this false identity just so you can be accepted. You've already been accepted by the kingdom when you chose yes and asked Jesus to be in your life. So my quotable moment for the day is you can't live two lives. You're either all in with God or all in with sin. If it's, it's either or, guys. There's no... There's no, it's not like when you can go to that one little landmark where you can be in two states at once or anything like that. That's not the case. You're it's, you can't just stay there forever. You have to live in one place or the other. Either your heart's going to win, your, either your flesh is going to win, or God's going to win it. But you have to wake up daily and choose to say yes to God instead. So when Pastor Todd asked me if I wanted to speak on this, I was really nervous just because this is something I struggled with when I was in high school and, and younger than that. And 
and I kind of hesitated when, when he asked me about it because I was like, oh, I don't know, this is, this is something that I, I just struggled even understanding why I was struggling with and like why I was raised in church from, I mean, my grandpa had, he had two churches, so I was raised in church, so it made no sense to me why I was struggling with something like this. I guess I had this misconception that, oh, I'm a, I'm a preacher's kid. I'm not going to be, you know, affected by anything of the enemy. Wrong. <laughs> I feel like he just comes after us more just to, just to, um, just to affect the church, but, but I woke up daily asking God to help me out of this situation. Help me to show him, to love him more, to, to look the other way, to, to choose him over my selfish desires. Because I knew none of those relationships were going to work out. I knew they weren't going to last because I knew that God had a man chosen for me in the future. So I had to wake up daily and die to myself. I had to wake up daily and pick up my cross and say yes to Jesus. And my last topic here God loves them, so should we. I feel like a lot of people that are struggling with homosexuality or struggling with same-sex attraction don't want to speak to any Christian just because right now we have such a bad rap on how the world has treated them. Yes, it is wrong. And we don't need to we don't need to support their relationship. What we do need to do is show them God's love. Open arms regardless. Tell them, hey, it's okay. You struggled with that? Hey, this is what I used to struggle with, and God pulled me out of that. We are overcome by the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So when we share our testimony, we help others break out. We help others see the light at the end of the tunnel. We help others see God. And when they do that, then they'll be able to be like, well, hey, maybe not all Christians are wrong, and maybe that'll open them up to maybe go back to church. One of my favorite verses of, one of my favorite verses, there's several, but Ronnie Joe knows it's Ephesians 2, 4, 4 through 11. Let me turn to it, because it was, it was kind of long, so I didn't, oh, I did put it up there? No, I didn't. Hold on. Let me go to Ephesians. I know, I was on the wrong way. If you please pull out your Bibles and go to Ephesians 2. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Mine's 953, but I got a different Bible. But God. Mm. That right there, I just... So good. But God is so rich in mercy. And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that, ha that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in, in all future ages as examples of incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. In the Old Testament, it talks about how homosexuality is an abomination. But here it says, but God who is so rich in mercy. He loved us so much, even though we were dead. And I was like thinking about when, I'm, when I was dead, I think about me just struggling in sin and me being, just not being revived by the Holy Spirit daily and just really just leaning into my selfish desires and leaning into my fleshly desires and not wanting anything to do with God. But 
He just breathed life into my bones when I decided to say yes to him because he was so rich in mercy and he still called me home regardless of what I've done. You guys have heard my entire story at this point. You guys know I've struggled with homosexuality when I was younger and you guys know I used to be a drug dealer. But God, who is so rich in mercy. I shouldn't be standing here. I shouldn't be here whatsoever. Exactly, but God. I never saw myself standing on a stage preaching. Like now I have like, I have nine messages in my little messages in my little sermons folder on my iPad and that's mind blowing to me because I never thought I'd be preaching, let alone on homosexuality and sharing my testimony on that. But God, he will do amazing things through you if you just let him, let him work through you. It's terrifying, yes, absolutely terrifying, but so worth it. Not for me, but for his glory to see people's chains broken, to see strongholds come down because you've decided to turn and walk the other way and run towards Jesus because he's waiting for you with open arms. John 3.16, everybody knows this one. For God so loved the world. And the Bible time and time again talks about how much we should be like Christ. And Christ wasn't with all the perfect people. In, in, was he? Was he with all the ones that were tithing perfectly, the ones that were going to, to church, that were reading the Bible and spending time with the Lord? Was, was those the ones he was hanging out with? No. We need to be like Christ. We need to show them love regardless of their sins. We don't hate the sinner. We hate the sin. Matthew 7, 3 through 5 reads, And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying that to your friend? Let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye. Hypocrite. For get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Don't compare your own sins to others to make yourself feel better. At all. I used to do that really bad. I'm going to be honest. I used to do it really bad. Like, well, at least I'm not like such and such out in the world. She was at the club last night. I saw her Snapchat again. <laughs> that's not. That's not what we need to do. We need to show them love. We need to reach out and be like, "Hey, sister. Hey, brother. I'm praying for you. Miss seeing you at church. Mean, mean seeing. I miss seeing your happy posts on Facebook. Or, hey, I've been seeing you a little bit down. You have no idea how much a, a short two-line message will change somebody's day." Even if you think it's insignificant, if you feel that little nudge, be like, hey, text Peter and just be like, hey, Peter, just thinking about you. Next thing you know, Peter could be calling you up, bawling his eyes out and just telling you about the terrible day he's had. And that's the moment that you take to speak to him about Jesus and what he can do for him. Romans 3.23, for everyone has sinned and falls short of God's glorious standard. My little note I put on there is mind your business and show them love. We all got things to work on. Nobody's perfect. Our Poe buddy's nerfect. Poe buddy's nerfect. No? All right. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> Romans 5.8 says, is it up there? Do I have it? No? Oh, oh I wrote it here. Yeah. It's another but God. But God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners... Christ died for us. In the midst of our sin, 
In the middle of you doing whatever doesn't line up with the word of God, whatever, whatever you're doing that doesn't line up with the heart of God, Jesus still said yes to dying for you. What's our motto? So that's what we should be doing. We can't put our own filter in front and be like, oh, this one's an alcoholic, I'm going to pass on that one. Drugs, nope, definitely not. Oh, he doesn't even go to church, let's just pass on that one. That's not the case. It doesn't say, love God, love some people. It didn't say, love God, love this group of people. It's just people in general. We need to love everyone. So I only got two questions today. First one is, do you know someone that struggles with same-sex attraction or homosexuality and you yourself struggle to show them godly love? That's a thing. That's, that's, that's a thing. I was in this short season where all my old friends that I used to hang out with, I used to tell them, hey, what you're doing is wrong. You need to come to church. And I was just bashing them and shoving Jesus down their throats. That doesn't work. Now I just have a normal conversation with them. And I share about what happened in church that day. I share about people getting healed in service. I share about someone giving an awesome testimony about tithing. I share anything I can. And I let God do the rest. All we have to do is plant that seed. If Grant and Ronnie Joe want to come up. The band. My last question. Are you struggling with same-sex attraction or homosexuality? That's really hard to admit. Maybe not so much now because it's such a, just an open thing, but it's just like, yeah, it's me. But back when I was in school, that was not something we wanted to admit at all. And I let fear of judgment keep me in darkness longer. I was so worried of people completely abandoning, abandoning me just because of my past. I was afraid of losing friends just because they, th they thought I liked them or something. So I kept it to myself for a long time. Don't, don't wait any longer. I want you to know it's okay. We all struggle with something. But it's a matter of if you actually act upon it. It's okay. God still loves you. I still love you. Pretty sure everyone in here will still love you. Reach out to somebody. There's a, um, there's a Facebook group, and they also have one on Instagram. It's called Changed. I believe it's Changed Movement. It's put on by Bethel. And they have just testimony after testimony after testimony of people being set free of the chains of homosexuality. And it was really cool to go in there and read some of the stories. And I thought, that'd be cool if that was something I could have done. But here I am sharing my, st my story with you guys. Would you bow your heads? Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. 
I thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy that you give us day in and day out. I ask that you soften our hearts, Father, to be able to reach out to the gay community or reach out to that friend or family member that's struggling with homosexuality or same-sex attraction. Soften our hearts and, and fill us with wisdom on how to speak to them through you. Show us how to speak to them, how to show them your love. And Father, right now I come against the spirit of homosexuality. If anybody is struggling with it right now, I come against it right now in the name of Jesus and I send it back to hell where it belongs. Heavenly Father, I break those chains right now in the name of Jesus. We have been set free and we live under the good grace of God. I thank you for today, Jesus. Jesus.